here we go. So today's topic, who can tell me what today's topic is? Uh-oh. I love a good hater. <laughs> Even with that accent, I love it. Yeah, I actually do love a good hater. They're pretty cool. I keep them all close. I can't help it. So I had put a statement on um, Facebook the other night, and it said, uh, you can't outrun the pack um, if they're holding you back, right? So we have a lot of circles like that, you know, and sometimes people don't realize that the person sitting next to them is their biggest hater. And in life, it seems like it's more about people. So I said, you know what, let me just get into a, a little bit of a dialogue and have some fun with it. But let me ask the first question. And that first question is, what is the biggest thing that holds people back from being successful? Other people's opinions. <laughs> you learn here so real quick. Fear. Fear, other people's opinions. Why so, though? Agreed. Why would you let someone's opinion hold you back? Sometimes. Go ahead. I was going to, I'm so sorry. People are really looking, they're always looking for outside validation instead of their own personal validation and their own personal success. I agree with that. I agree. I just don't accept it. You understand? Like, and I think that's by design. It's almost like you got to be successful by committee these days. And I don't well, think and so. the, Yeah, and that's why you're successful because you don't accept it. <laughs> you don't you don't agree to that. You know, in the four agreements. <laughs> yeah, I don't fall into none of that. Like I, I tend to, me personally, oh, I'm a bit of a, uh, I, I mentioned it later on, but I'm a bit of an introvert extrovert. So mm -hmm. when I'm by myself, I'm an introvert, don't really want to talk to too many people. When I have to talk, like now, I can be an extrovert, but I'm introvert depending on, depending on what you ask me, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So that's just how I look at it. So let me ask you a question. Has anyone or does anyone know anyone that has self-sabotaged themselves? And if so, how? <laughs> Would we all raise our hand probably? <laughs> oh, sick. so okay. What what what's the biggest way we sabotage ourselves then? Talking so out out all of way. Making okay, bad decisions. Okay, Gil, you go procrastination. We talk ourselves out of it. Okay, and then talk yourself out of like whatever you're about to do or whatever the yeah. case may be. Yeah, you think of you know all the reasons it won't work. Okay, all right, I'm not going to do it. That's the other thing I posted the other day. If you overthink it, it turns into fear. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Who said procrastination? I did, Derek Park. Hey, what's up, Derek? How you doing, man? So Peace, I'm all good. Yes, sir. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I ever had that, um, I guess I brief bout, bouts with it, but it's, it's, it's along the way, though. You know, sometimes you get into your mind that, oh, man, this is too much. This is a lot. I got to do this and I got to do that. But it's part of the, the reading journey that I put everybody on besides myself. And here's what I found when it comes down to procrastination and um, just not getting the job done. Everyone that you see that is wildly successful, successful depends on someone else outside of themselves. And here's what I mean. They hire the smartest per people to do the jobs that they can't do. They don't try to overthink it. They think that, you know what, there's someone smarter in that category. So how about I just hire somebody smarter than me? When it comes down to it, 
it's it's one of those things where it makes perfect sense. So when if how would you do that in a in a in your personal life if you don't own a business? How would you how would you hire someone smarter than you in your personal life? A life coach. Life coach. I, I would say here here's my direction. You're right, Derek, but in 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 certain areas, I would say get a get a mentor for everything in every area. And what I mean is one mentor is not going to suffice. They just won't because they're not going to be good at every area that you need improvement in your life. So you might need a, you know, like I, I had mentioned, um, you know, a while back in one of the episodes when I was talking about marriage and I was talking about how, you know, you should actually have, you know, how you go to the pastor and you kind of, you know, make sure the marriage marriage is a match and you guys can agree and you're equally yoked and that type of stuff. I think you should do that for financial counseling as well. So this way you don't break up the marriage along the way. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Right. So absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. So the um and 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 I also think that you know we are placing too much of our energy into people who we admire. I think that we chase trucks a lot. You know, this is just my opinion. You're welcome to disagree, but I think we give famous people too much credit. Why? They're human. Their their wares are not really out there because you don't see what really goes on behind closed doors. You understand? And I just believe that everyone is special. So the only difference between um, you and them is that they discovered what made them shine and you haven't. Who agrees with that? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I just think that that makes sense. So let me ask this question and anyone can jump in. Um, what is the thing that's most unique about you that no one can do, that you think no one can do? The most unique thing about you? Adaptability. All right, so I'm gonna go to Derek. You're so saying go ahead to Derek or to myself, Michelle? I'm gonna go to Derek first and I'll come back to you, Michelle. So, hey, Derek, you said adaptability. Yeah. Tell, me, tell me how. Yeah. Uh, just being able to be okay in any and every situation, uh, whether it's difficult, you know, just being like, you know, um, let me try to give you the best example. Uh, uh, just like, like just being inconvenienced, you know, having, having and having not. Mm -hmm. uh, being in situations that are supposed to be uncomfortable, but you make them uncomfortable knowing that the end is going to justify the means. Mm -hmm. You know, and sometimes it's a gift and a curse because sometimes you're comfortable in situations where you even shouldn't be. Well, I think that's a gift. I don't think that's a curse at all. I think if you can be uncomfortable in situations where most people are um, trying to be comfortable in, it's, it's a good thing. Or comfortable in an uncomfortable situation, that's good. That's a steady hand. Because, gotcha. you know, I always tell people, listen, if I'm being shot at, I can't hold your gun and put your bullets in it. I got to shoot back. You got you a gun with bullets. Shoot. Does that make sense? Makes so, a lot of sense. Michelle, what was you going to say? I travel a lot and people, the associates that I have there say, how can you just get up and do something like that? I said, because I don't wait on other people to do anything. I do me because I know if I wait for other people, things are not going to get done. That's just how I am. I'm, I'm like you. I'm an introvert. I stay to myself and I just do things because I don't have a lot of trust in people. Yeah, we're going to get to that in a second, too. You know, I, I, uh, I tend to be that way because of experiences like most people. Right. Most someone has been let Absolutely. down somewhere. Yeah, and, I'm the same way. So, yeah, you know, somebody has let somebody down. And the way I look at it is um, I don't really look I don't go into any relationship with that expectation because that's self-sabotage in itself. 
but I know what the, I know how to discern what I see. And then I know when to, to make the exit, if that makes any sense. So let me ask you a question. Who would consider themselves, it's going to be a real funny, but simple question. Who would consider themselves above average? Myself, I do. I do. I do. Yeah, sure. Okay. Okay. We're going to hold that. So everybody consider themselves to be above, above average. So certifiable. Okay. Okay. I ain't got no, I ain't got no challenge on that one. I don't even got nothing to say because you know how I feel about myself. So, <laughs> so the other thing is, how do you feel if someone calls you average? How would that make you feel? That's their own opinion. It's their opinion. Yeah, their opinion. I agree. Yeah. That's their, their own opinion. opinion. Y'all a bunch of pacifists. Because that would send me on, uh, uh, send me off the deep end. To be honest with you, like, really? I mean, there would be That's a, surprised. there would be a, how dare you? It would be a, how dare you? you but then, because of, because of my above average, I would look at them like, of course, you, you just don't know any better. So here's what I mean: It's number one, I don't think anyone that has been around me long enough or in my space long enough would ever call me average. That's number one. Number two, if they did call me average and didn't know me, bullets. Bullets and pawn bullets would fly their way. I am that person. So, you know, I can be an introvert, but I'm an introvert that hurts. I don't play. Why? Because it, it doesn't make sense to demean anyone or marginalize anybody. It doesn't. Not in any capacity. It's like, what do you think of when you first hear the word average? Mediocre. Mediocre. <laughs> right. Not good enough. Right. So, right. So if you were going to go, you know, it's like in, in 10X's book, Grant was Grant Condone was saying they don't advertise average products on commercials. You don't go and buy an average car. So why would you be an average person? You understand? It's like I'm an enemy of average. I really am. Like in my personal life, I'm an enemy of average. I'm allergic to it. You know, that's why if you 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 might see me shoot a a, a, a bullet on chat if I see what average people do. I stop it and don't care about it either. Why? Because if you don't get used to building bridges and ladders, then you're not going to get over nothing. And if you keep creating problems for bridges that don't exist or bridges for problems that don't exist, then you're going to be, you're going to be in a situation. So, you know, it's like uh, I, I had said, I, I wanted to title this thing at first, you know, you can't outrun the pack, but I really started thinking about all the things that I've gone through personally to get to certain areas, because I don't think I'm ever going to arrive, if that makes any sense. I don't think that you ever, like when you arrive, I think you die. You stop right. thinking, you stop growing, right? So it's like I tell people, if you want to get into a real heated debate, compare me to somebody else. Do that, do that. I'll go at you until you are tired and I'm good at it. Why? Because. I kind of feel like everybody's original. We're 100% original. I can't tell you about you. I can't even I can't even say you're not above average. I've never been in your shoes. I don't know what challenges you've been through. So for me to assume that I'm better than, better than you based on face value, I think that's a crime in and of itself. It's like spitting in someone's face. I mean, does anyone agree with that or just disagrees? No, I agree. I agree. I, yeah. Yeah, and then it's like I said it the other day. I said, God made me to stand out. Why the heck would I try to fit in? Mm. Come on now, right? So when you, when you really think about it, so let me ask you a question. Name five things 
that would constitute an average person on average life? Let's see if we can go there. I guess accepting the norm. What? Accepting the norm. Accepting the norm. For me, I need to know what is considered average. You know, everybody has different opinions as to what average is. So I would need well, to know. Well, no, I, I have to say we know average when we see it. I'd have to say we know, just like we know, um, you know, what's attractive to us. We know what's unattractive to us. And that's all subjective. But we know what average is. And so we can't act like it don't exist. Right. We know what an average life is. We know what, an, a, you know, the average work hour you know, in a week is. We know what it is. It's just that whether you choose to put yourself in it is subjective. I would say uh, these days, paycheck to paycheck. Job, job wise, is probably the norm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Paycheck to paycheck. Who else? I would say just settling. You know, settling. Uh, so let for... me ask you a question. How many people you think settle on an average basis? I think a lot. I Give mean, me a number 10%, 90%, 95%, 99%. I, I, would, I would say over maybe 50% of people. Who agrees? Is that number higher or lower? I think Maybe. it's higher. I would say higher. higher. I'd say higher. <laughs> I would say higher. I, I think that you know, if you if you listen to me long enough and you read a lot of the stuff that I that I read, you'll understand that about ninety five percent of the people you you pass on the street make less than a hundred grand, and it takes a hundred grand plus to actually have breathing room. I'm not even saying lifestyle. I'm talking about breathing room. So if you're not making at least that or you don't have a combined household of, let's say, 150 to 200 grand, it's going to be hard. It's going to be real hard to live. Right. Yeah. So if you don't have that income, then you're going to be living an average life. Bing. That's it. And you can say, well, I live a certain way. That's cool. But if your income says you're average, your friends say you're average, your money says you're average, you're average. If you walk like a duck, talk like a duck, quack, quack. Right. So when you think about it. I say, okay, if you live in life on a budget, well, everybody's trying to trying to budget, right? Even I try to budget. So that doesn't really constitute average, but when you don't have enough money to meet your budget, that's, that's average, which is sad, right? When you have a, a life where you live with little or no aspirations, you kind of live for, for Friday and Saturday, can't stand Monday, can't wait to hump day, can't wait till Friday and you just wishing away your lights, your life like you're at a stoplight, you can't wait, right? The, um, the choices between debt, sacrifice and going without, average. Everybody has to make that Peter to pay Paul decision. That's average, right? The um, not enough time to spend with your loved ones. That's big and that's what the average person doesn't have, time. You don't have time. You can't buy back. You can't buy back your time if you if you execute a plan effectively and and look at your time um, and say, okay, this is my diagram. This is how long I have to live. It's like I was talking to well, in God's will, obviously, because you don't know when you're going to pass. But I was talking to um, someone the other day, and they were in one of the previous contests, and they're going to be be you know in the next one but they're a friend of a really close friend of mine. And it was like, well, you know, the reason why I didn't compete when I was in there is because, and I'd said, well, be straight with you. He said, yeah, that's bullshit. 
He's like, why? I said, yeah, because you can make as many excuses as you like and you can sell yourself that sales pitch. It's up to you what life you're going to have later. It's not up to anybody else. It's up to you. The minute you stop making excuses and decide to take action, you know, then you, you'll get it done. It's like what Grant Condone says, massive action, you know, 10x. <sighs> right. I do that for you, Travis. But you understand what I'm saying? That's really what it is. Right. So we talked about average being content. See, there's being content, which is mean fulfilled, happy, you know, living the life that that makes you happy. Right. Um, but there's also being content as in sacrificing and 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 accepting less. Right. And the short end of the stick. You know, how many people you think run into that scenario like they just. If you looked at it, are a lot of people just taking it like on the chin right now? You feel? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Are. I think because of the circumstances, right? Right, now. so that's the circumstances, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think personally for me, um, I'm in that position right now um, just because of the circumstances, you know? So I don't see myself as average. Absolutely not. Am I settling? Maybe, but right now I'm trying to survive and keep my family alive. Mm -hmm. You know, no, but no one's going to fault anybody for being in that position. No one, like no one, because who am I? It's like there before the grace of God go I, right? So who, who am I to judge, right? So when you think right. about it, you got to look at it from a, another vantage point. My job is to awaken the possibility of what can be, not what is. We know what is. We already know that. We know that it is what it is, but the possibilities are endless. So if you ever spent any time talking to me on a personal level, by the time I was done, I was always going to be like, yo, you probably be dope. You should do this. This is I'd probably give you a suggestion that popped in my brain based on what I felt was a strong benefit based on what you do all the time. That is me every single time. Right. The circle is powerful. Your circle is extremely powerful. So it's like I wrote the other day, who read that the average person hang out with people who make them comfortable with their level of unsuccess? My friends were like, damn. I saw I that. Yeah, like, oh, that hurts. But it's true. It's like misery loves company. And in, in other words, to me, the average person is the biggest hater on earth. They're the person who can't do. They can't do what you can do. So they hate on you. Right? So, and it's like, while you're busy hustling and making it happen, they're busy making excuses and pointing the fingers and running their mouths about you. Has that, any, has that ever happened to anyone? Hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the question is who has ever lived um, or know someone has lived in a low income neighborhood and stayed there even though they can afford to move? I think I still have friends that live in where I grew up in Brooklyn that still stay in the same apartment that they grew up in with their mom, live there and can move, but they just don't. Why? Well, okay. So, but the question is why? I think because comfortable. it's comfortable, it's cheaper. Um, you know, living in the projects is super cheap. Um, I just think, you know, they want to use their money for other things. Maybe they have kids that, you know, they have to support and feel like they can't if they move out. I don't know. It's weird. Okay, so let me ask a question. 
Would you live in that capacity if you knew you could afford more? Absolutely not. Exactly. No. Right. That's the whole point I'm reaching. That's like two cats from the projects arguing whose project um, apartment is the best looking project apartment. That's how silly, silly it is to me. Can I, I mean, add, can I add something to that too? Go ahead. Um, it, it, a lot of it, you know, it, it, exactly the, the money thing, but um, there's this whole thing about money where people may not deserve that they, they deserve better. You mean feel that's that another, yeah, they don't feel like they deserve better. Well, I grew up in the project, so who am I to move out? You know, because I've, I've got friends that grew up in the Chicago projects and, you know, some of them are still there or in that area um, or even in New York too. They stay in that area, even if they're not in the projects, they don't want to move out because the ones that, that moved up and out and are doing really good are being looked down on. So it's a psychological thing. Well, I grew up in the projects. I don't deserve better than the projects. I don't deserve to make more money. That's that's a show. Hold on. That's a show titled "When You Become the Hater of Yourself." That's exactly. And hold yourself back. Yeah, because it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Even though it's it's also closed minded. Yeah. So right. It's not accepting more because you're afraid of the responsibility of being more. Exactly. You know, so, you know, it's like, question this. I'm changing a little bit. Um, <laughs> who watches reality TV? Mm. No. <laughs> I I got, I have to admit, I do. It's entertainment. Sorry. Yeah, it's, it's my guilty pleasure sometimes. I take a shower it after I do it. I get one person to step out on the ledge. Go ahead, Denisha. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I watch you the know kind of I time myself. Lie. Oh, no worries. guilty pleasure. Say it again. My guilty pleasure, but I take a shower when I finish watching it, though. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> well, listen, you know, it's funny. It's like, what have you ever learned from a reality TV show? Here, here's the deal. The main reason why I don't like it is because, you know, I don't care for the messiness, and they make the messiness seem as if it's okay to be messy. Right. Normal. Like it's normal. And that is part of the problem. Remember a show back in the days called Ed TV? This is the one that was responsible for all re reality TVs you see. It was actually a movie, right? And then all of a sudden, 9-11 happened and, and they realized that how much people wanted to watch reality, right? Because it got the biggest ratings ever on news. We were just glued to the screen and all of a sudden reality TV, bloop, 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 bloop. And we start looking at other people's lives. And in some way, I just think it makes you feel better about your situation. <laughs> like if you're not doing well, then you go, okay, they, they, they got it, but they, they messed up. And I'm doing, I'm not that messed up. I don't got nothing, but I ain't that messed up. If that makes any sense, if you would say that right out loud. So the question is, do you think people care too much about what the people or the haters think? Yes. Wait, absolutely. Honestly, are you talking absolutely. about you or personally? Say it again. It is no personal you, here. This is no personal. Oh, it's all open. This is say all that open again. Person. What was the question? I said, do you think people care too much about what the people or the haters think? Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. I do. I you know not I, that I do. I don't care what the haters think, but I yes, I do believe that. I, I throw that back in the same category of you know if you if you compared me to somebody why would i even care like you know it, it doesn't make any sense to me 
you know, one of my favorite lines is haters talk about me because, and they keep me in their mouth because it's the only way they can taste success. That's how I think about it. I don't mm -hmm. really care. Right. But it's like, um, I have to admit it, it really gets me going though. Like I love some good haters. I mean, I love when, I love when, the, when people are betting against me. I mean, D, you know yes. me for years. You know what I'm talking about. You understand? I love, yep. I, lo I love when people be like, yeah, he's this, he's that. He ain't this, he ain't that. He thinks he's that, he thinks he's that. I'm like, well, as long as you thinking for me, <laughs> I ain't got to do that part. You got the heavy mm -hmm. lifting out the way. I'm free and light to go be successful. Thank you very much. Then when I'm on the radio or when I'm on their TV screen or when I'm on their box, then it becomes like, wow. And so they smile in your face and talk a lot behind your back, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's funny because I'm super private, which is hilarious that I do this, really hilarious. Because like I say it all the time, I have 2000 people plus on my Facebook page, but only maybe 40 to 50 people that I know is in the group. Just not my style, just not. Don't like people in my business. Because the minute someone finds out what I'm doing, it's either gonna be a plus or a negative. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, you know what it's going to be. So it's, it's, it's really hilarious. I remember one day I posted uh, percentage games, not the ones that you see now from my main account, but my son's account. I posted like he's up 88% on this, 50% on this, 60% on this. And then I posted a couple of the um, profits or whatever. And someone said, oh, when did you do that? How long did you have it? I was like, and does that even freaking matter? If you had a hundred percent percentage gain, would it matter when you got it or how long it took? It's like how I felt about it. So the reality behind it is that I think that we are, we marginalize others too much. And to be honest with you, I think we give people too much credit. Why do we even care what people think? And what the hell? Okay. Why are people so damn sensitive these days? It seems like they got real brutally sensitive. Mm -hmm. Tony, you're getting in with me, right? I'm like, hell yeah. And hell no, nah, let's go. <laughs> Why are people so sensitive these days? It's it's just, it's that, I don't know, man. I think the generation too, like now, it's everything. You have to, even at work, you know, you have to be careful what you say, how you say it. You know, I'm, I'm a very direct person with my staff and I let them know that. Before. You know, I think it's, the, you know, the, the times right now, like I work at a spa industry and um, I'm a very direct person. I'm from the East Coast. You know, I live in Texas right now. So you have to be super fluffy and it's hard, but everybody is sensitive. You have to be careful what you say, how you say it, when you say it. Okay. And I got, I got to ask a question. Pause. Okay. How many people on this call is over 40? Raise your hand, please. I am. Okay. So, so I that am. means... And, and not for the people that are not negating if you're under 40, but I'm just saying, here's the deal. That means that what this sensitivity thing is a bunch of bull because we <laughs> came up. At 100%. Oh, we yep. came up, have it. Listen, I remember if I, when I was a kid, if I got into a fight and lost, I got my butt beat. I had to mm -hmm. go back out and fight. Go back out and fight. Handle the business. Go back out and fight. Right? So... I don't believe that my feelings is on display. I don't wear them on my wrist, right? And if I did wear it on my wrist, it'd be leather because I don't feel a thing. I don't care. Yeah. 
I really don't care. My name is spelled correct in my bank account, not in yours. I work hard to make it right. You should do the same thing. I don't care what you think about me. My family love me. I have to tell you, people are like, I don't like you. I'm in love with my family and they're in love with me. That's how I think about it. And I think people care too much about external stuff and they're so distracted by what's happening around them that they're not focused on their main asset. It's the same reason why they're not focusing on, they're, they're looking at other famous people forgetting it, but they're forgetting it. They're forgetting where they're at. And they're forgetting that they got that thing, that juice, right? It's like, who saw the last dragon who got the juice, right? <laughs> right, you got the juice. So when you think about it, it, it's one of those things where I just get into it. I'm gonna tell you guys a story, which is hilarious and it's so true. So I remember when I was on Facebook, I, I had a, um, in my personal group, before I even did any of this group stuff, um, I posted what I was doing at my company when I owned an agency in Maryland. I'm posting, you know, we would do that all across the country because that's what the company's culture was. So they saw me getting it and I was having a good time breaking records and sales records and all kinds of other stuff, right? Production records. And there was a gentleman, I'm gonna leave him nameless, but you know, I'm gonna leave him anus. But anyway, there's a gentleman that paid attention to my um, post and he was like, you know, and I knew him, I knew him and he lives out here. And he said, you know what? Man, what do you do? So he, he was going through a tough time. So he asked me out to, um, to lunch to discuss what it was. And I thought he wanted to get involved with me on the investment side, right? But he actually wanted to come work for me at the agency that I, that I had traffic to when I left my agency and retired from there and came to Florida. So here's the messed up part about when you let people into your life and you try to do the good thing for people. And, and it shuts down, if you don't have the right discernment, it shuts down future opportunities for other people. So came in there, taught them everything. Now keep in mind, I'm in what they call the millionaire club. Angelique knows what I'm talking about, right? So if you're gonna be in that club, you gotta be a person who can get it done. You understand what I'm saying? I've built agencies. I know what it is. I've had my own agency for, for multiple years, like eight years. So the person, was down on their luck. <laughs> the person was down on their luck and I helped them out. I had a situation where I had to step out of the agency for a month because I wanted to take some time for the family. And when I came back, they were trying to take my whole entire staff. This same person I helped out. So I looked at it like, great, but I know the rules and got nothing. They got ding. And I could have retired. I was already retired in retirement mode already because my income is already secure for the rest of my entire life. So what I was doing was putting gravy on top of the gravy. So it really didn't matter. Right. But I had a goal because I had a son. So that was the deal. And so you run into these people and I call those certified haters, but I keep those people close so they can see exactly what they energized me to be. So they hear about me now and they go, oh no, that ain't, that ain't, he's not doing, he's not doing that. Like I got, to, I ain't got nothing to say. Word travels. Now, the funny thing is checkmate. I got to go back to the company tomorrow to pick up some of my stuff from my old office and they're going to be right there and I'm going to laugh. So you got to spend your days in perpetuity because you don't have an investment plan. I created mine. Sorry. That's how I feel about that. Well, in that one there. So. Who's ever had the experience of being kicked when they were down? Me. 
how did you, I, how, go ahead. How did you respond to it? Um, and, and then, you know, the people that kick you down, you know, was like my family members. And I just, I kind of like stayed away from it, you know, stayed away from my family and stayed away from, you know, the, the negativity and just try to like, just make myself better, you know, because I'm not going to allow somebody to kick me, kick me when I'm down. You know what I mean? But I mean, I felt that way with my family members, you know? It, the funny part about it is you kind of, you kind of brought up something I was going to touch earlier because the question to everybody else is, and I'm, I'm going to mute you out for a second, D. Um, who would hurt you the most? A friend, family member, or a perfect stranger? Family. Gil, why are you laughing? Family or friend? Derek? You said you said family and friend, Gil? It has to be, has to be a family or friend because the only people that can hurt you is somebody that you care, have some care, some feeling about. If you don't care about them, they can't hurt you. Yeah, I, definitely family. <laughs> what did they make these people at, right? Don't worry. I feel the I feel the same way. Um I don't I I, I one of the famous things I you know, I always got these little lines for the things that happened to me in my life, I guess. So I guess every quote is is famous to me, but you know, I say uh not all blood is family, not all family is blood. Mm. Get it? So you got to earn your route. You got to earn your route. Like it's how you treat me. You understand? And, and to me, that kind of makes sense, you know, um, because uh, it's it's probably, yeah, it is hurtful when a family member hates on you. It's super hurt, hurtful because you you expect family to actually be there for you. It's, it's a double hurt when family hurts you because it's the hurt of the action and it's the emotional hurt because it's like, wow, you did that? Like of all people, like the trust, the loyalty comes in and all the other stuff comes in and comes into play in addition to whatever business hurt or whatever uh, proverbial, proverbial hurt that occurred. Yeah, it, it makes you distrust, um, you know, just normal, good, good people. It makes you block out good people. That's why I told you the word, If I mean, discernment is a word that I had to learn and then I had to learn how to use it. <laughs> you understand? I really had to learn that. Indeed, indeed. You understand? You know, so let's skip it a little bit. Let's move to circles, right? So if you had to analyze the health and the forward motivation of your circle, would you keep everyone in it that's in your circle right now? Yes. Because 95%, I, yes. 95? Okay, so D says yes, T says yes. Yes. D, Daryl says yes. Who else? Who would say no? What was the question? I'm gonna get you. <laughs> You're fired. She sounded like my student. What was that, Miss Hightower? I'm like, I just, I just explained it. I just explained. No, I'm only messing with you. I'm only messing. With you. I said, if you, you know what? You're you're fired. Anyway, I'll i repeat myself. If you know me, I hate doing it, but I'm gonna do it for you. Yeah. Biggie, one more chance. Biggie, one more chance. Okay, whatever. Anyway, if you analyzed, if you were to analyze the health and the forward motivation of your circle, would you keep everybody in it that's in it now? I'll keep 70%, take out 30. Okay. I it. After, once COVID hit, I already, I already weeded out a lot of people. Okay, so 
I'm, I'm everybody mute. Let's have some fun now. So here's the deal. I'm gonna challenge you for for you guys to say yes and 95 percent those people, right? <clears throat> so if the answer is 100 percent yes, then I gotta ask you the question: Who in your circle do you want to be most like? Now you can answer. Not the same people. Team Tanya, you could do that. I have a friend who is very successful. She's a business mogul. She writes inspirational quotes. Yeah, but hold on. Um, I follow her the most. But did, did you answer the question? Did you say you'd keep most of the people, all the people, or just a small percentage of the people? Most of the people. Okay, so you're disqualified right now. So the question oh. is... <laughs> Oh my God. No, listen, my point is this. If you got people in your circle that you don't want to be like, why are they there? Right? The people that you want to be like, that's dope because they're giving you motivation, share. They're giving you that drive. They give you that extra oomph. You understand? Who's the, if you, if, okay, so I'm going to ask the question. I'm going to go around to maybe four or five people. Who's the person and what do they do? You already told me one share that's in your circle that you most want to be like? Hit me. Good, Daryl, I'll see you reaching. Uh, there's a, there's a uh, guy that's a, a real estate, uh, he, he's, he's good in real estate. He's got a bunch of properties and he, he mentors me because I, you know, I, I thought about getting out into real estate. So he's pretty, he's pretty, he's very, he's pretty successful. He's got apartment buildings, he's got, you know, homes and so forth so that would be the person that i would okay hold that thought you don't mute i'm coming back to you go ahead tanya i have um just a small group of friends um i would say everybody's successful and they're reaching even some are reaching towards their goals um, I don't know if it's one particular person because my little, my circle of friends, um, I don't want to say we all think alike. We, we have similar personalities and they are, they're very supportive. You know, well, they support, support me for whatever it is I'm, I'm, I'm doing. So well, support has got to come with the package. Yeah. That's, that's not really what I'm asking. Okay. I'm asking, okay. are you in a room with any one of your people that makes you sweat, that makes you go, I really want to, not in a jealous fashion, but in a right. fashion that goes, do it. Yeah. I, I, I really want to be in that position. Yeah, my my um, cousin, he passed away, but um, he was very successful. The one I told you um, mm -hmm. that's from Harlem. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, I mean, he was, he was family, but man, he still have you sweat with, uh, I don't know, that power kind of a, mm -hmm. you don't want to say anything dumb in front of him, you know, uh, but he he always helped push you to where you to the next level. The goals. That, that's all I'm that that's all yeah. I'm asking for. Yeah. Because those are the people that move the needle. And if you do not have enough of those people in your circle, they won't reflect on you. You'll just be looking at your own reflection, thinking everything's okay when things ain't okay. Like if you're sitting on the couch, right, right now, you're sitting on the couch, and this is all you do all the time and everybody else enjoys sitting on your couch, who the hell's gonna get up? What you waiting for, right? No one wants to get up and go to the go to the refrigerator. No one wants to cook nothing. Everybody wants to sit on your couch. 
You got friends like that that just want to come and eat up your food and don't cook, don't put nothing back and want to sit on your couch. Right. So the way I look at it is that like I keep a circle of certified garanimals. They're just like, I mean, I, you know, they're, they're so huge. Why? Because I realize that I have to pick my circle and my friendships based on where I want to be in my life, not on how I need to feel in my life. I know who to feel, how to feel. I got that part. See, I can feel. Get the point? I don't need to go that route. I need to be inspired. I need connections. I need to be able to call up, yo, yo, listen, I'm doing X, Y, and Z. Who do you know that can plug me? Bing, done deal. I get them on the phone. Boom. Yeah, listen, you come highly referred. Blah, 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 blah. They say good things about you. Listen, how about we just have some tea, some dinner, some breakfast, whatever. And it's done. And the relationship forms from there. I don't, I don't, I don't think that, I mean, I'm past high school now where it was about how they like you and how your face looks and what clothes you will wear. We're, we're past high school now. We're adults now. So the way I look question. at it is that, what you say? No, it's a question when you get a chance. Yeah, the way I look at it is like, listen, okay, let's get to the money. Let's, let's, let's build something that we can say, okay, listen, you know how you see on TV, a bunch of guys go fishing or a bunch of girls go on that little girl's trip and you know everybody's doing well, right? And then where's that in your life? How can you not be in that position now at this age? And then it's not too late. I mean, like really not too late, not too late. Boy, it's not too late. I'm saying that because like my record is skipping. And the reason I say that is because my net worth at 50 is totally different from my net worth at 54. Even though I, had, I was already at the seven figure mark, it was totally different at 54 now because I got a little bit smarter and I put myself around smarter people. What's your question, D? Uh, I, I understand what you're saying about having a, a circle of friends that are pretty successful and always pulling you along, but can it be just the reverse with maybe somebody who is, is hungry, but maybe they're not, they don't have that same success as that other person, but they're in your circle, but they're hungry. Hungry is dope. If you are hungry, I could feed you. I could pour into you. If you right. lazy, shiftless, and all you want to do is dream and glob, yeah. glom, I can't do nothing for you. I have to drop you off at the door. Get out the car. Right. right. Right? I can't do it. I'm like, dead weight. You know, I, would cut, I cut all my dead weight off. I have no dead weight. I can tell you how many people have been in my house since they've known me. Right? And Denise is one of my friends that have been inside one of my houses, one of my places. Nobody else. Nobody, like, I don't, like, I like got five people probably visited the inside of my corridor. Why? Because mama said, be careful who you let in your threshold. Did mommy say that? True. Yeah. Right. So go ahead, Sharon. I see your finger. Oh, you was doing something else? Okay. So question. question. Go ahead. Do you think you can be equally inspired by somebody that you don't want to be like in comparison to somebody that you do want to be like? Yeah, I call them haters. Straight up. I love it. Like, if you're a small-minded person, my job is to be um, Gulliver. I, stuck, I step over small people. I love it. Like, Gulliver's Travels. So the way I think about it is I want to go as high as it takes for you to pass out. That's the point. And I'm not doing it for you. You're just fuel. You're going to fall off. 
of that rocket. I'm doing it for my family. So it's different, but I use what's there, right? And I don't have that type of energy around me now. So what do I use? I create the energy now. Does that make sense? Every You people can feel it. I'm passionate about what I do. I'm truthful about what I do. I get results at what I do because I work hard at what I do. Hard, extremely hard. I mean, harder than I would have if I was working for somebody else, right? So let me ask a question. Do you think you should qualify the people that come into your life? Come on, Travis, speak to me, bro. How and what's up? How so? Well, unfortunately, uh, for myself, I, I, I mean, outside of this group here, um, I'm one of the ones guilty of, of, I guess, hanging around circles that, unfortunately, I guess I'm the, the, the brightest of the bunch, and that's that's hurting me in the long run um, because it's, it's like it's kind of like what uh like how Miss Jocelyn was just saying. Um, can you know somebody that's a hater can it have like the reverse effect and like for myself like I, I want my like what do you do when that's when it's family that's that you know that's kind of hoping that you you stay where you at you know family is not a not a you know a jail sentence you know you're not married to them you know what I'm saying? Like straight up, like I have to say it for real. You're just not, I had to, it's like, I have a, uh, you know, a couple of situations myself where I just go, Hey, listen, I'm gonna live my life. When they get that right, they get it right. They don't get it right. Then we just have to be wrong. I'm not going to fight myself to put a square in a circle because of the word family. It doesn't yeah, make sense. I'm, I'm definitely guilty of that one. Trying to force the, the square in the circle. Listen, let me, I talked to a good friend of mine today and she's in 2.0. You just don't see her that often. And I said to her, I said, you give too much of your energy to the people in your circle. You, every problem that they have becomes your problem. You internalize it to the point where you're gonna give yourself an ulcer. You need to stop that. Worry about yourself. If, you're, if, you're, if this person is doing something, that person is doing something. That has nothing to do with you. So why are you giving it that much energy? Because you care? How about you care about your daughter? care about yourself. You understand? To me, that's where the energy should be spent on the ones that care about you. That's how, I don't know, just how I feel about it. You understand what I'm saying? It's a mindset of a mind shift. Well, that's what the, the book club is supposed to do for you. It, it's supposed to make you realize that there are different trains of thoughts out there that actually will clash with your thought process. And the more that you realize that and you keep seeing the repetitiveness, walks like a duck, talks like a duck, smells like a duck, must be a duck, quack, right? So it's, it's, it's one of those things because to me, I need people in my life that are gonna, I can admire and that's gonna motivate me. And if I don't have them, I gotta have me some books. I gotta stay busy. I gotta do something that's getting me revved up because you only got 29,000 days on this earth when you think about the number 80. How many, how many days do you have left if you subtract from your age right now and multiply by a year times the days? And then boom, then you'd be like, well, I only got 13,000 days left. I only got 10,000 days left. Oh my God. Then you ain't got one day 
to mess around with a hater, a family member that's a hater, or someone that's not there for you and in your corner trying to get you to the next level. And then speaking of the next level, when you get there, when are you, when, how about creating that next level that starts today? So you don't have to always be going there. Being that, that part is the part where I go, like, I know if I decide to stop doing what I'm doing right now, I can just chill. Right. I could just chill. But I also know if I don't do what I'm doing, a lot of people, the impact that I'm having is is magnanimous. And a lot of people will be hurt from not knowing the information that I can provide to them simply because I didn't have. Right. I don't like like I get mad every time I think about the two million dollars I lost when I was like 20, 21 years old. Because no one ever told me anything. You get it? No one ever told me. Right. And so I think that like when people go, well, I can't afford to invest. I go, you can't afford not to. What are you playing games with yourself for? Well, I can only buy X amount of things. And how much did you buy before? So stop playing with me. We're done with that conversation. Tell me what you're going to do and what you can do, not what you can't do. That's when you become the hater of yourself. Right. So. Next topic. How important is your word or a person's word to you? Very word important. Is everything. Extremely important. Your word is bond. Yes, sir. But I think actions speak a lot louder. Well, than I words. was going to tell you it to me. You know, it, it's really about your actions. But let me ask you a question. Is there a number? Like how many times does it take for a person to break their word before you lose their trust? Lose the Once. Once. I gave him three. Once. Once. Who said, who said you give him three? Three strikes. One. You know how many I give him? Who guess how many I give him? One. Zero. Once. I, I got to trust some way, right? Twice. I, I got to give him one chance, right? I can't give Well, it's Twice. one. No. Oh, no. You'll never get a second time. Here's I say 1.5, depending on the person. Yeah, you generous, there. Let, let me tell you something. Number depending one, the person, depending on the person, they'll get the point five. That's what I mean. And the longevity of the relationship. That's, that's, but that's majority like, of the time, that's one person. Derek, one that's time. Like, um, and it's over. That's like your brother. <laughs> they get like five. Because you know they didn't mean it. But here's, here's the deal. I look at it like this. You should always be careful what you tell me. Be careful what you say to me. Why? Because if you tell me that you're going to do something and you don't do it, I'm not going to check you on it. I just won't trust you on it. You understand what I'm coming from? Ever again. Like Ever never, again. Like never. Don't call me and candy candy talk me. I don't want to be candy talked. No one can sweet talk me. I'm a grown man. Don't do that. Because I've been there already. I've been in the music business where people said they're going to promote my record. And now I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And they wasn't doing nothing. And then they would say at the end of the day, don't worry, you're going to be all right. And what they didn't say is that don't worry, it's up to you to make it all right. So I always say, you know, keep your word. Because it's like, how can you tell when someone's lying? Who knows? Who can give me, like, who really, this is fun. How can you tell when someone's lying to you? Excuses. When you've caught them in a lie. No, when what they say doesn't make sense. No, but, but before no. you catch them, they stutter. They you the lie. How they can stutter. you tell you that they're, they're lying? Oh, what they're saying doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. <laughs> you know from experience and things they're telling you honest. that it's a lie. 
Okay. So let's do it this way. Most of the time they're shifty eyed. You know, they can't make eye contact with you. Guys. Yep. Right. Next thing you know, the voice is a little shaky. There's something off about the frequency. Right. Have you ever asked a question, a direct question, and you got three answers? That's when you know they're lying. Because they're circling around the, the truth with the lie to find something that sounds close to the truth. <laughs> you understand? Yeah, exactly. I'm a straight shooter. So it's like, I hate it when someone doesn't answer a direct question with a direct answer. It's pretty It's pretty easy. Hey, Darrell, I see you say hustle economics. What's going on, player? Were you doing that on purpose? No, nah, bro. <laughs> it just happened. <laughs> Thanks for the shirt, bro. You up? You just got that in the mail. I just noticed that. Yeah, I sure did. I appreciate you. You better still have those Apple shares, or we're gonna have some problems. Anyway, so yeah, no, I, I um, it, it's crazy. So the last thing, and I think that, uh, I'm almost done with a couple of moments. So the last thing is, why do people surround themselves with people that weigh them down? Uh, don't want to feel bigger. Well, that's. Yeah. The, yeah, that could that could be. Something. You don't want to hurt them, maybe. Insecurities, their feelings, Loyalty. insecurities, insecurities. Um, but whatever happened to they feel, they feel deep a sense of devotion to that person, probably for some reason. Well, been friends with them for a long time, right? Don't want to yeah, exactly. Them. It's not like they're your pastor. Come on, so <laughs> their family, family. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Like, I, mean, I, I like peace of mind. And, and I found that, you know, it, okay, if you guys know me and you're my personal page, you see I bought a bike recently and I've been on that bike like a mug, right? And I noticed for the first time starting on Monday, I think when I started Friday, when I started riding a bike, that I haven't really been out in nature because I get in my car and I go from my car to the store, my car to the grocery store, my car to the house. I never really walk if, you know, in, any, in any great capacity. And it was so much peace to be on that bike and just ride. And I was riding for, it was, I would do an hour, hour and 10, hour and 15 minutes a clip. And I was just like, and wouldn't even be tired. Just feel like I want to get out of COVID. So I go home. <laughs> right. But peace of mind is everything. And I, and, and I think that we are spending too much time going back to the beginning, worrying about what people think of us. Um, you know, based on how we dress, what car we drive, what house we live in, like who gives a crap? As long as you're breathing and you're eating and your family's good, like who cares? Like, no, like I said to my wife, I was talking to someone and my wife was in earshot and I said, you know, people will treat you funny when they believe that you can give them something, right? Or you can do something for them. Um, I'm like, listen, the bank account is nothing but digits. They don't make you human. They don't make you superhuman. It just says you've done something more than someone else has done. But the true humility of it is, is having and then making sure that you don't give anything any, to anybody, but you provide a way for them to get it just like you got it because you just feel that's only right. That's that's the part where I go, listen, because we already talked about it. Let's let that vaccine work out. Come on, Pfizer, let's get to the money. Six months after that thing is out there and I'm talking about 2022. Cause I think that's when it's really going to be okay again. And I decided to do a, an investment dojo 2.0 trip. It's going to be off the chain because you got people around each other. That's like-minded. They want to go somewhere. 
and they're experiencing a certain level of success. So they want to be around people who are experiencing the same success. That's what that's about. And that's fun to me because I'll never forget, you know, I, I remember I caught a huge check when I was on Wall Street. There was nobody I could share it with, no one I was going to share it with. So I shared it mm -hmm. with my little brother. <laughs> I took him out of town for a month and a half and I wound up paying for everything. Because that's what big brothers do, I guess. So I guess the question to you guys is, what do you call peace of mind? What brings you peace of mind? Peace at home, no drama, just no mm -hmm. people you know, you know, around you that's I not drama people. In a while, so I'm happy yeah. to be familiar with that. A peaceful yeah. home. A peaceful, peaceful home. home, absolutely. You have to have peace in your home. That's, mm. that's where tranquility and relaxation uh, comes from, in my opinion, after being yeah. married, divorced. Peaceful home. Got it. Peace to me. Uh, peace peace. is a beautiful thing. What'd you say? I was going to say me personally, um, even more so now. Um, I'm at peace when my aura is at peace. Yeah. That's when you can spend time with yourself. When you can right. really like. Peace is non-negotiable. Yeah. Like that to me, being able to be comfortable with every part of yourself the good part and the part that you got to work on and then the bad part, every part of it. Like no one's perfect. I think they Absolutely. need to put that up out of people's heads. Oh, you can work for perfection. No one's ever going to be perfect. Like you're always going to have some sort of mental default. We went through this life and this life went through us. So trust me, ain't nobody perfect, right? So, but to me, um, there's something great about just having that peace of mind. And also the other part to it, let's not forget, I want the liberty to uh, go where I want, do what I want, when I want, with the people that I want to do it with as often as I want. That's peace to me. You understand what I'm saying? That's true peace to me. That's the whole mission I'm on right now. You understand? Like I'm, I'm, I'm proving that there's still some good people out there. I also am, I'm of the reality that, you know, we are made to be selfish by the machine because we're forced to fend for ourselves. If I've been taking all your food every day, taking all your food every day, taking all your food every day, when you get food, you'll be forced to protect your food. But if you had plentiful, if you're, you had surplus, then you would be giving. And I realized that is if you create that atmosphere and that energy, it's the same energy that when we were coming up for some of us in the 70s, some of us in the 80s, um, that each of the parents would watch out for all the kids. Everybody would watch out for everybody else. If you needed to borrow some sugar, you know who to Miss Jackson, go right to Miss Jackson. Miss Jackson will hook you up. You need some eggs, you go to Mrs. You know, and it was easy or not everybody had everything, but at least they had each other. Right now it's about the new car. I look better than you, you know, the new this, the new that. And I think the materialism is, taken away from our peace. So it's so funny, it's like, I stripped down all of that stuff and I got real basic, real basic, nothing. I was never a person who wore just stuff like that anyway, right? So it's almost to the point where I was afraid to buy that Apple Watch because I know I was gonna probably break it because I'm so used to just moving my hands certain ways, but I need it for the, for the ride. But when you strip down basic, you realize that you really don't need to do anything. You're not gonna eat really more than three times a day. You just really got to make sure you have a bed so you can sleep. 
And if you didn't have a bed, you sleep comfortably on the floor if you know your roof is protected. You got to make sure that you can eat, right? You got to make sure that your child is not hungry. Go basic. Then you're going to find out that you don't really need a lot. And then once you go basic, you're going to find that all the people who are poisonous, that the misery that loves company, you're going to take out your machete and it's going to be some pink slips given and people are going to get cut off. And then you're going to attract to the energy that keeps giving back. You know, why do you keep coming back to this? Why do you keep staying involved and being engaged with this? It's because it's something that's about it that's electric that says, you know what? The message doesn't change. It's the same message every single week, day in, day out, the same energy, day in, day out, the same consistency. This has got to be real. You got it? And that's how I feel about it. Because at the end of the day, if you do not focus on taking care of your personal self, I mean, your personal self, you're not taking care of anybody else anyway, because you're, you're socially and mentally and physically sick. You know, it's like when you walk into a room and you feel a bad energy, your energy and your chemistry is going to change that room. So the way I look at it is I would spend more time in practice of discarding different conversations. And if you're alone and you feel like you got to make a phone call to someone you don't want to talk to because you're alone, I think you need to talk to yourself. Get right. So I'm done. Does anyone want to offer anything? Because I'm about to shut it on down. This has been good. Yes, I do. Go ahead, John. Two things that I started after I, I got, I was diagnosed with MS. Two things that I learned. It's my, not my business what anybody thinks about me. And I made my peace with that. So I, I don't just say that I don't care. I just tell people, you know, it's not my business. If that's how they feel, that's how they feel. That's their opinion. Fine. That's what they're entitled to. And the other thing is, I recognize that people for whom I, I'm an option can be a priority for me either. So if I'm an option for you, you can be a priority for me. Mm-hmm. And that helped, that helped me whittle down my circle. Because mm-hmm. when I was up and moving around, I could do things for lots of people. There were lots of people around but they weren't friends. They were just around because of what I could do for them. Yeah. And then when I got sick and I wasn't able to do that, I never heard from those people. Some of them I heard, maybe got a phone call. Then I never heard from them after that. And then I really had to go in and do some soul searching. And somebody, two different people mentioned those things to me. And I was like, you know what? It's true. It, it really is true. And if you live your life by those two things, and I can, it has put me in a better place. I started going back, Kevin, to some of the conversations we used to have on Facebook mm-hmm. and, and reliving some of those conversations where you would put some things up and then everybody would be allowed to come in and comment. So what do you think about this? And one of the things that always came back to me is you, you remember one time you asked us, so what do you think about open relationships? <laughs> and my response to you was, but it's an oxymoron. <laughs> There's no such thing. There's no such thing, you know? And those kind of discussions we used to have, um, when I thought about those and 
all of these are things I had to think about. And then you ask the question, what, what do you do when somebody kicks you when you're down? You just put in another gear and you move on. Well, I always said to people, if you kicked me when I was down, you broke your foot. All right, then. That's how it works. I move along. Yes, yes. Because you're doing you, and I still have to do me. But I don't have time to think about what you're doing. So I'm moving on. But I just wanted to share those two things. Thank you, Sharon. I appreciate you. Well, God, you're welcome. I, I appreciate you all. Um, this has been very interesting. You know, again, I appreciate everybody that um, that comes and kind of hangs out with us for an hour and change. And, you know, if you guys want me to talk about something um, that's on your brain, shoot me a shoot me a, a message. If it's if I can build something on it, that'll be interesting. I'll definitely do it. Thank you, Veronique, for showing up. I didn't see you the whole time because we had 30 people on screen. Hey, you hope you're feeling better. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, all right, guys, you have a blessed one, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you again. Thanks, Kev. Thanks. Love you. Good night, everybody. Good night. Have a good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.